0: All right. Welcome back to the goalpost. We're back after a very brief hiatus. Patrick and I were busy becoming big J journalists, still a work in process, but hopefully now we should be able to get back in the groove of once a week. there has been a lot going on since we last spoke, but now there are four teams remaining in the NFL after the divisional weekend. And I feel like it's pretty fitting for this NFL season. These are the four best teams left.
1: Yeah, I think the the cream rose to the top in this uh, this instance here. I mean, I guess there's only one maybe fifty fifty game we'll say over the over the divisional round that you know it could have gone either way. Otherwise, I think there's a little bit of writing on the wall for most of the games. I think we would have been talking about big upsets if some of those happen. But looks like the the favorites, except for one, are uh, are going to be in the the conference final
0: yeah it's definitely easier to say for the nfc than the afc but the chiefs and the eagles on saturday certainly showed that and then on sunday it seemed to show that as well buffalo was obviously maybe that that fifth team that fourth team that people would have had in the mix another year where they come in as super bowl favorites and fail to do so i mean it we'd be remiss not to mention it off the top it's got to be disappointing in buffalo this week
1: yeah bills fans can't be too pleased and then you got eli apple kind of uh Running, running laps around you on oh, Twitter, man. which must be infuriating if you're a Bills fan. But I mean, it's kind of, kind of the Leafs of the NFL kind of feel. You know, they just have very high expectations every single year, and just they just kind of fall short when the lights are the brightest. And it's, it's definitely now a trend. Uh, I believe that's three years now they've lost in the divisional round. They haven't even advanced to a, a conference championship, and it's like. In a way, it's kind of a not not a very successful year for the Bills.
0: Definitely not, especially when the whole year the balancing point was we're a good team, we're just waiting for the playoffs when they would have those slip-ups throughout the year. A lot of people gave them the benefit of the doubt, and their time just kind of ran out. They eventually had to play a real big dog opponent, and they got their asses handed to them.
1: Yeah, and it was tough because usually a snow game like that definitely – is in their favor because I mean they're at home they're used to the snow obviously Cincinnati is not a warm climate but they don't get as much snow as I think Buffalo does and I think the white jerseys and the white snow the Bengals the Bengals played it smart the Bills fell in love with those blueberry jerseys the all blues which I I don't think look very good I think you got to mix in some white pants or something with the with the blue tops but is what it is, and the Bills Thanks. The bills are heading to Cancun. Cancun on three, in the words of Eli Apple.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that a bit later, some more. But we're going to start off by rewinding all the way to the first game of the weekend. We'll start off down at Arrowhead for Kansas City 27, Jacksonville 20. In a game that was closer than most expected, but similar to the last four years, ends in the Chiefs heading to the AFC Championship. But, of course, the big story here is the ankle injury to Patrick Mahomes
1: yeah I think that's the obviously the biggest storyline taken away from this game it uh it looked a lot worse than I think looked ugly yeah when it originally happened and you saw him come in he he took the snap right after it happened and he it was a hop kind of back to McKinnon to hand off it wasn't any steps it was just a big hobble and you kind of knew i'm sure chief's chief's nation was very concerned with that injury but Went to, the, went to the room against his own will, it looked like. He seemed like he wanted to play. And thankfully, x-rays came back negative, and he was able to come back. And I believe it's a high ankle sprain.
0: Is what yeah, it, it looked like a I bit of a hip drop that. tackle, which is what people kind of get up in arms about. Like, those never look good. And high ankle sprains are never good. Obviously, it's like the old cliche that you'd rather break your ankle than sprain it. He's obviously going to play, but... Can he put a lot of weight on that transfer foot? He's gonna have to stay in the pocket a lot, which is usually how he's so dynamic in the playoffs—is getting out of the pocket.
1: Yeah, and and so you you mentioned. Sorry, I just want to go back to the the hit that you the, you mentioned. The, that you're gonna see that kind of similar with the the hand injuries that you we've mentioned before, because so much emphasis is on taking away those hits to the head on those tackles that you're gonna see those guys like just they're gonna go. They're not forcefully, but it's just going to naturally. They're going to go towards a lower body, and And things like this will happen. But it's just uh, something that happens. I don't think it was very dirty. I think it was just a very unfortunate accident. And uh, yeah, going back to this week coming up, Mahomes is uh, like the swelling is going to be acting up. The tape's off. It's going to be a lot of ice. I probably going to be on crutches for most of the week. Can't see him practicing a ton, but Chad Henney. Chad Henney, the 98-yard yeah, really, touchdown drive.
0: That's got to be the story because this was pretty early into the game and Chad Henney comes in and takes over what you can only really call as the perfect backup quarterback spot. He finished 5-for-7 for 23 yards in a TD and led a 98-yard touchdown drive. I mean, that's all you can ask for from a backup. It's just perfect.
1: Yeah, he stood in there, soaked a 15-yard roughing the pass or two to keep the drive alive, advanced down the field. It was. I had no expectation of Chad Henney coming out on his own goal line. Um, I was on the Jaguars in this game, and I was I was I was excited. I was like, okay, then that this is the chance, you know, three and out here, you'll get the ball at a, a nice spot. And uh, what do you know? Chad Henney just leads them down the field, including a nice fourth and one. Risky. It was not a pretty pass, but he got it done. And like that's what you need out of a veteran team like that if you want to go win a Super Bowl and. When they needed him the most, he he was there for them.
0: I think when everybody saw that drive happen and saw that they scored, it was over for Jacksonville. Because if you get the somewhat like blessing of Patrick Mahomes going out of a football game in the playoffs, then you have to be outscoring them and pretty much taking advantage of every opportunity you have on offense to make sure that it doesn't come back to bite you. And that's not what Jacksonville did. They got outscored 10 to three by Casey in the second quarter when Mahomes was out. And you just can't pass up opportunities like that in the playoffs. And it ended up being the difference when you look at the score being a touchdown between the two at the end.
1: Yeah, and and another part you you said in the 10 points, when when the injury initially happened, um, they were just able to get enough yardage to get that 50-yard field goal, which once again obviously kind of mattered late in the game. But I think uh, another major piece as to why the Chiefs were – were able to kind of just win this game was they found they found a running attack they it took them a while took them all year but we've seen this Chiefs team down the stretch be able to use two running backs in two different different ways to have a, a two headed threat with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon and, and they're fast it's it's beautiful when it when something like that gets going it it took them a while don't get me wrong it they they didn't really have a running game in the first half of the season but now it's kind of firing all on on all cylinders and
0: you got to feel comfortable with that knowing that Mahomes is going into this next game injured too because it's something you're definitely going to have to lean on against Cincinnati
1: well I think I I was going to mention that later on in the uh, the AFC championship preview that I think we're going to see a lot of relying on Pacheco and McKinnon to uh to carry the load in that game
0: Big time. But yeah, the Jacksonville really just squandered kind of their two chances to mount the comeback. Aside from Mahomes even being out, the first was Jamal Agnew fumbling inside the Chiefs five with about five minutes to go. And then another when Jalen Watson makes that one handed interception near midfield right at the end. It was just crazy. But the Jags offense just seemed to get into rhythm truly way too late into the fourth quarter and it just wasn't enough to be able to build that comeback. And it was kind of the mistakes that you expect from this team where they're at in their development.
1: Yeah, almost uh, not as crazy as the script as last week, or last game, sorry, against the Chargers, but they just kind of got out of the gates slow on offense. They weren't able to, uh, it just didn't look smooth out there. They seemed like they were fighting for every yard they could get. But in the second half and late in the fourth quarter, they looked like the team we saw in the second half against the Chargers and the team we saw pretty much for most of the second half of the season. It, they can get it done on offense when Trevor finds it. But unfortunately, it just it wasn't nice out of the gates. Trevor had to throw the ball 39 times. Obviously, the interception hurt a lot, but I mean – Overall, you can't be too disappointed in the the effort put out by the the Jaguars in this game.
0: No, and and overall, an incredible, pretty incredible season for Jacksonville, too. They had eight wins as an underdog, which was tied for the most in the Super Bowl era. They go from back to back seasons, picking uh, first overall to reaching the divisional round. Doug Peterson's building something over there, and I think Lawrence takes another big step next year. He finished with 217 yards and a passing touchdown in this loss. And I think that there's obviously more that this offense could have done, but they're right there. They're going to be a team, especially in a division that looks to be wide open in the next few years, that players are going to want to play in that system. People are going to be more attracted to go to that team. I think there's some buzz building around Jacksonville.
1: Oh, for sure. I I don't see how they wouldn't be the favorite to win that division next year. And repeat as AFC South champions with Tennessee being in a very weird, weird spot where they are either going to have to commit to the full rebuild or find pieces to retool. Uh, Indianapolis searching for a starting quarterback and Houston in full rebuild, full rebuild mode right now. So Jacksonville's in a great spot. I think Doug Pet- Peterson should get some consideration for Coach of the Year. I don't know Definitely. if he should win it, but I think he should be in the conversation because he did. One hell of a job with this young, inexperienced team and brought his veteran presence and just kind of a fun football guy energy to this locker room. And Jacksonville, they responded well, unlike last year with uh, a little bit of a mess with Urban Meyer. So yeah, it's nice, and sure, for these players to have stability.
0: Yeah, definitely more positive. Stability is a great way to put it. But on the Chiefs side, I mean, it's just getting ridiculous that we could we could belt out 15 stats about their greatness right now, but I think that'll just dull the point more than anything. They've effectively become the new Patriots. That's not a new or hot take, but the Chiefs are now the standard of excellence in the AFC. It's five straight AFC championships now that they've played in. Mahomes improved to 5-0 and in the divisional round. I mean, they just looked like a well-oiled machine, which is usually what you come to expect from them in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, they're the new Patriots minus the Super Bowls, though. Yes, that is one thing that we are able to knock on the Chiefs. Maybe the only thing, actually, because they are just about perfect in every other facet of the game. But yes, it's a This is a huge game for Kansas City uh, coming up. We'll, we'll talk. We'll get more into it later. But they always, they're always in the AFC Championship. I think every year it's kind of uh, it's the Chiefs and who's going to compete with the Chiefs? Who's going to give the Chiefs a run for their money? I think Jacksonville did the best they could, you know, kept it to a touchdown in the final score, but overall, it's just can Kansas City kind of you know, get over that hump, just get into the Super Bowl, start winning more Super Bowls, and then I think we'll have a very real talk about the the dynasty kind of.
0: Definitely, yeah, they got some work to do still. They got some they got some food left on their plates. The though.
1: crazy part is Mahomes is still so young, and it's it's pretty much the. The age to look at for this dynasty would be Kelsey's age. I would assume for that uh, to have a tight end receiving like that. So they pretty much go till as long as he can be at the highest level.
0: No, that's a great point. But we won't get too, too deep into the previews yet. So that'll actually take us down to the link for Eagles 38, Giants 7, where any doubts about the Eagles preparedness or Jalen Hurts' shoulder were just silenced. Dominating win.
1: Dominating, 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 dominating. It was uh, it was over from the start uh, when I saw Jalen Hurts just kind of open it up early. I had no more questions about how that shoulder was. Uh, I think Philly fans were just a huge sigh of relief when they saw that first throw,
0: forty yards to-, yeah. to Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah
1: they are like, okay, he's doing, he's doing just fine. So it was they were very smart. Unlike the Chargers late in the season, they rested him. They didn't force him into situations they didn't need to. Which they'll be very thankful for. But yeah, it was just all Eagles the entire game, right out of the gates. The the Giants just did didn't have any answer to anything Philly was doing.
0: Yeah. The the, the Eagles looked like a rested team, understandably so, but sometimes you never know with one seeds and how they treat the off seed, or the off week. But their offensive line looked great. They were just shoving the running game down their throat. It looked like a uh two different leagues basically the giants just had nothing good coaching can only get you so far daniel jones he didn't look like what people what giants fans were i think optimistically hoping for this week i think they were expecting someone who really wasn't there to come out and save the day and you just can't do that against a team that's built this well
1: that was uh that was the the last two weeks were the daniel jones experience to a t really yeah. shows glimpses of being an amazing quarterback, can take your team to the playoffs in the future. You know, like you can win with him. We'll showed you that against Minnesota had maybe his best game of the year or for sure one of them. And then next week, the light, the pressure's on, all the lights are on, divisional, divisional, divisional game. And it, it was just a terrible performance out of Daniel Jones. The moment just kind of seemed too big for him which is unfortunate because I kind of root for him. He just seems like a harmless, harmless Duke grad just trying to make it in the league. But it was uh, it was not, not good for the Daniel Jones fan club.
0: Yeah, and the Giants looked nothing like the Giants who beat the Vikings last week, which is a bit of who they're playing and a bit of how they played. I think it was a bit of a mixed bag, but they failed to get Saquon going again. I feel like in this podcast, we've probably said that sentence 40 times the Giants failed to get Saquon going
1: it's the New York the New York Barclays
0: yeah nine for 61 which makes Jones trying to pass pretty much impossible it's really hard for them to get anything going against a defense that's that good where you don't have anything going on the run and it makes Jones who's already interception prone just fall into those mistakes it's just it's giving them too much fodder to work with
1: yeah, it was it, they just they couldn't do anything, really. And and
0: it's hard to even analyze because there's not much there.
1: Yeah, what like kind of what happened is I think they tried early with Saquon. He he only had um nine nine carries in the entire game. And it was just it was just not pretty because they got down so quick and the, the margin of the lead was just getting bigger and bigger and they were getting forced into throwing obvious throwing situations. And then the Eagles could just sit back. You only had to rush three, four, didn't have to blitz. And I mean, it just worked. Like the Eagles just had the game plan. They were rested, like you said. And in this case, it was rest beating the rust in uh, the Eagles.
0: Definitely. And I think that this brings about a bit of a weird limbo kind of area for the Giants because by all accounts, a successful season, they're certainly ahead of whatever schedule they really had this year. But now it becomes interesting with Saquon and Jones needing new contracts. Like that's a, it's definitely a conversation for another day, but I, it's going to be interesting what they do because it's not, they certainly don't have the same commanding asking price after that game, right? Like that just, it kind of tanks it a bit. So it's something to keep your eye on.
1: Yeah, it's. I'm very curious to see the number that Daniel Jones gets offered on the on the open market. Saquon, I think you can just kind of compare him to the top running backs in the league and you'll you'll know in the in the ballpark of what his his average annual value will be, but Daniel Jones is a it's a big question mark because I mean you look at guys like Kirk Cousins who are getting paid I would throw Daniel Jones in a Kirk Cousins-esque kind of category. Maybe Derek Carr, who's also kind of getting paid a lot of money. So we'll see if Daniel Jones kind of takes that hometown discount to ensure that he's a starter next year with the Giants. and
0: It might be a smart business decision.
1: Well, it's interesting. You you said we'll talk about it late. We'll get into it in in the future. But, yes, that's definitely for Giants fans. That's kind of all you're you're focused on in this offseason. Yeah,
0: in the present, it's hard to not be focused on the fact that there have been only four more lopsided first half playoff shutouts in NFL history. There's a bunch of those, just really depressing stats for Giants fans. I won't rub it in too hard, but that was really the most resounding win of the weekend. I don't think there was any questions about that. Which brings us to Sunday. Wait, wait, wait! wait. I got oh. I, sorry.
1: I got a Did you see Nick Nick Sirianni in this
0: game? <sighs> see, I I didn't even know. Be- if I wanted to get into this because I might go off on a tangent, but we have to. I mean, talking about the, the Michael the Michael Jordan the Michael Jordan comment after the game, just being like, "Yeah, Jalen hurts like dealing with Michael Jordan." He's just he seems like somebody who wants wants to be liked so bad.
1: Yeah, so I was I was watching this this game with an Eagles fan. Lucky enough for me, and I'm I'm seeing Sirianni running up and down the sidelines. He's like in the in the end zone sometimes celebrating touchdowns he's yelling at fans I I kind of grew up and I I'm a Steelers fan so I've always been a a believer in the old school way of like you don't show emotion like you are the heartbeat of the team like that's what everyone looks at and I guess you're in this new new age kind of with McDaniel and you know ripping jewels on the sidelines like I, I don't like that stuff. I think that's immature. I think it just, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. And I think it's, I asked the Philly fan what he thinks of it. And he says he he doesn't mind it. But I think that's just kind of the, the Philly scumbag in them a little bit. Like they just, when they're winning it nothing matters.
0: Yeah, like, it's it's interesting because I think when you even look back, it's such a cliche, but when you look back at the past, I don't know, 10 years of Super Bowl winning coaches, It's all pretty much no bullshit, guys. Yes, yeah, and I think that, especially on the sidelines, I guess press conferences aside, I do like because by all accounts or by most accounts, McDaniel's pretty serious. Just in front, just in terms of how he looks, like front facing and all. I agree, but I totally agree where you're supposed to be the heartbeat of the team and the pulse of the team you shouldn't be ever really getting too high or too low because then players are looking to you I think maybe as or or at least trying to read those vibes off of you almost and then when shit hits the fan how how does that look on the other side of things
1: exactly and it's the coach has to take the blame for everything and anything that happens to the team good or bad and it's you know it's fun it's it's working right now for Sirianni but the second it isn't and you're you're pulling those antics like it the media is going to go at you pretty hard for that and you're just going to have to answer for yourself it's not the team not anyone it's going to be you and i mean we'll see he's done quite well so far with his uh his act so you know best of luck to him
0: yeah we'll see But like I said before, we'll now get to Sunday, 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 starting with what many anticipated as the best matchup of the weekend, which ended up really not being that. But Bengals 27, Bills 10 in an absolute whomping by Cincinnati, who possibly had the most bulletin board material, however self-imposed it was, um, but came out firing out of the gates. and, And Buffalo really never looked like they were even in the game.
1: Game was pretty much over in the first quarter. Yeah. Buffalo looked like they had nothing going for them. Really Cincinnati came out of the gates, just like bigger, faster, stronger. And just, you got the vibe that Cincinnati could do whatever they wanted to to Buffalo and Buffalo. It wasn't as bad as the Giants Philly game, but it it kind of felt the same where it's just Buffalo had no answer for what since he was, was giving it to them. And, it it showed in that game. I feel like the score honestly could have been worse than what it what it was. I mean, we'll get into definitely. The, the I think the snow ended sure, up but... really
0: being the difference between that.
1: Oh, oh, for sure. And uh, I uh, it was Dave, Davis Sanchez. I one of the in between half or quarter I was talking about how like they're playing the Bills are playing a zone, and and because of the snow, like they were they couldn't redirect and and sh- change positions and you know, turn as quickly and they were just getting burned and they just never adjusted to that the entire game. Leslie Fraser and that defense, they just kind of got exposed, really.
0: Totally. And they never looked in control and the defense was probably the biggest part of that. I mean, offense, you can scratch together and claw back from in a game, I think a lot easier than you can as a defense, especially when you're not making adjustments like that. And when you can't stop a single thing, you're just letting an offense in Cincinnati who loves having long drives like those just stay on the field for like the whole game, right? Like it was, you felt like Cincinnati's offense never got off the field. And then once Buffalo's offense did shuffle out there, they had a quick three and out and couldn't get into rhythm. And then it was just a repeat.
1: Buffalo, we, we've, we this, their fans, you guys need to listen to this. You can't win in the playoffs without a running game. You just can't. And I thought the Bills were finding something with James Cook late in the season. We talked about it a zone. lot. Yeah, and it looked good. You were getting these guys both over 50 yards a game. Like that's that's what you need. And then Josh Allen will chip in too. No one had more than 26 yards in this game, and Josh Allen was the leading rusher once again. It's you. It, the recipe is pretty simple for winning in the playoffs. You got to play good defense. Bills didn't do it. You got to run the ball and kill clock. The Bills didn't do it. What did Cincinnati do? Ran the ball, kill clock, play good defense. It's, it's, they never learn. It's been the same team. Obviously, Von Miller hurts. I'll say that. Definitely. But one guy can only do so much out there. And
0: yeah, that looked like a comedy of errors in the sense that you're right. There's been the same script for winning playoff football games for a hundred years. And, They practically abandoned the run aside from Allen designed runs. The offense in general finishes for 63 yards rushing and it just left their offense way too one dimensional against a good Bengals defense that, you know, Allen can't do everything himself. Not that he had a good game, but when you force a quarterback into doing that, like we just mentioned with Daniel Jones and not being able to get Saquon going at all. It just becomes easy to cover, and it feels like maybe the biggest "I told you so," which happens every year. But it, it's just a recurring "I told you so."
1: It's like me with the Leafs. You know, it's it's just it's it's kind of nice. You feel good about yourself. You you got something right, but it's the the big story. I think in this game going in was you know Cincinnati missing three offensive linemen. The line the line on this game was
0: was just atrocious.
1: Insane. Like whoever said that is probably fired. Right now, <laughs> six points in for Buffalo. I was thinking this is probably a field goal game either way. Probably the Bills would get it because they're at home.
0: It was such a bad line that you were convinced that it was a rat line. Yeah, and that Buff, that Cincinnati was the square pick.
1: Yeah, I had to talk myself. I I did eventually take Cincinnati, but I just I looked at that line and it kept moving towards Buff like Buffalo. It was I think it opened at what three and a half originally, and it just
0: yep. Uh, It
1: closed at six.
0: It stayed at four and a half for a while, and then it jumped up right at the end.
1: Yeah, and I think they were trying. I think the whole point of emphasis on that was the offensive line, which looked great. They looked great in this game, and I don't even think it's going to be a storyline go for them next week at all.
0: No, and I think that they shut out any questions about that, and that was the complete opposite for the Bills because it was all questions going in after they gave up thirty-one to a Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins and everybody flexed their muscles all the bills fans jumped on our graves everybody was dissing the dolphins and i think that i think that that game just proved that if any other dolphins quarterback is in that game that they probably win and that buffalo didn't even really deserve to be in that game to begin with which is just opens up an absolute pandora's box of storylines of what the hell is going on in buffalo now but i feel like it's gotta be an off season full of questions that probably starts at the D coordinator.
1: Oh, it's it's gonna be a terrible off season. It's gonna Buffalo. be a red wedding. It's, yeah. It's gonna be nice for guys like, you know, you and I, who who know that the Bills are somewhat of a, a poor, lesser team in the league. And they, they've just kind of been down there for a while. And, you know, they caught they got their heads above water this year. Well, past couple years actually, and it's just Stefan Diggs is making scenes on the sidelines, screaming at your, your number one overall quarterback, making uh throwing hissy fists, tried to like leave the stadium five minutes after the game. A practice squad player had to bring him back in to join and just just to talk to the team. It's just it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Steelers implosion, kind of when like Antonio Brown and like Livion Bell were just saw a lot of, of people immature. talking about that on
0: twitter yeah yeah
1: and it's just i don't think some of these guys realize just how hard it is to win in the nfl and they just think it should just happen because they are good at football
0: and so especially the afc right now it's a bloodbath
1: yeah and obviously i think there are buffalo didn't have their best game i think that's an easy thing to say buffalo didn't play very well and it's I just don't understand why you're throwing those fits on the sideline. Like you just have to understand that it's so hard to win the NFL and just kind of reflect a little bit. Like what, what did we do wrong? What can we do better? So hopefully the general manager, I don't think defensive coordinator is going to be like Leslie Fraser will be fine, but I think you, you certainly need to just kind of look at defense really. Cause obviously Vaughn Miller was out hurts, but, the defense was just kind of getting torched a little bit out there. And obviously the snow is a factor, but I don't know a lot of questions going on in Buffalo. And it kind of starts with is that is Stefan Diggs going to want out?
0: Yeah. It's weird because the way that he's reacting, I think he's trying the real message is of what he was trying to get at was he was upset with his usage, which is a larger commentary about the offense in general, which is essentially what we're getting at with the run. But when you have, stuff happen like that in a climate that is already so charged it only really takes a spark sometimes in the nfl to light shit ablaze and it can happen that quickly with franchises especially with one that's you know as volatile as the bills i can't really stand on my soapbox too much with being a dolphins fan but i think that in the AFC conversation with Cincinnati just surging and trying to pretty much replace Buffalo as being that next like perennial team. Oh, what are they going to do this year? Are they going to go to a Super Bowl and win it? That the window is just kind of it's not shut, it's just starting to close a bit.
1: Oh, it's definitely definitely not closed. I mean, Josh Allen Yeah, it's I just still start it's... it's
0: just starting to to a little bit
1: questions are being asked yeah like that's that's for sure i still do think josh allen is a top five quarterback in the league but he has a lot of stuff that he needs to clean up a, a lot a lot of stuff that needs to clean up just no more arm punts that should be his number one number one uh on the no number one resolution punts. for next year but it's I don't know. It's just Buffalo's in a weird spot. I think it almost might be good for them to have less expectations going into next year. Yeah, every year it's it's the Bills, the Bills, the Bills. <laughs> like it, it, they, it can't hurt them to have less attention on them going into a year or a little bit less expectation.
0: Definitely, I think. Yeah, hate to bring up the Leafs, but also a Leafs effect. Very true.
1: They're very similar, Damon. They're very similar. <laughs>
0: But that wasn't the only game on Sunday, as we have another team in a very weird spot now with the Dallas Cowboys as the 49ers win 19-12. I think everybody knew that the Eagles and the 49ers were going to be the last two teams out of the NFC, but I don't think anybody expected it to happen in such a funny way at the end. I don't think I've laughed that hard at a final play or even a play in the NFL in a really long time. And it took so long to develop too. like just watching that knife go through the Cowboys took so long and it gave enough people time to go, Oh my God, look at what's about to happen. So I don't think anybody missed it.
1: No. And I was just sitting there in silence. I mean, I wasn't reacting. I was just in my head. I was just, what, what is, what is, what is happening? I just had to keep checking. And it was, uh, it's the first one since the, the infamous, Colts play with Pat McAfee against the Patriots. And it was the pretty much nah, no. They, they had a Similar. completion, but in the end it was still the laughing stock of the league. And it's just, mike mccarthy what what are you doing what the, what, what the funniest is thing
0: is that that game started at 6 p.m so that final play fell like directly in prime pl- prime time hours it was like 9 45 so anybody who's like scrolling and happened oh i'll watch the end of the game here everybody saw it and everybody saw what was about to happen i think that was an absolute mess but in a game that was a bit of a dog fight it was kind of weird to see the Cowboys like whimper out of it at the end, right? It was tight defense all game. It was tough drives. It ended up just being that 49ers like back to back scoring drives in the second half that ended up doing the trick. But I think that it was very surprising to see the Cowboys go out the way that they did, even though that sounds insane to say, cause we're talking about the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. I feel bad for Zeke. I can't believe he was put in that position. Sorry. I just, just got to defend my boy uh the cowboys uh oh, it's weird cuz i almost feel like it was a decent year for them in a, in a weird way because they got they got the playoff win they needed that i mean if they didn't get a playoff win i would have like everything would have been torn down for with them but they got the playoff win they were in a battle with a very good nfc team their defense their defense played really well The Dallas Cowboys Twitter and Dak Prescott. And that is so I feel like you and I, and you know, the people at home, we can kind of point blame a little bit and say, if you didn't do this, this may not have happened, kind of stuff like that. You know, if Dak doesn't throw two interceptions, does Dallas maybe win the game? Maybe. Maybe. What does what? What did the Dallas Cowboy account uh, say?
0: They tweeted out that in a game. In a tight game that, oh god, I should I should really pull it up and get the proper wording, but it was something to the effect of in a tight game where self-inflicted mistakes killed us. The their Cowboys own account threw won. Dak under the bus. Yes. In
1: in summary, and it was just I don't understand how you can do that. And like you, like Social you said at the beginning, out. it's just. They put themselves in a weird position now because I don't know what, what you do with Dak. I mean, you got Skip Bayless telling you that Cooper Rush wins that game. I mean, it's it's tough being a Dallas Cowboys fan. The, you know, America's team, and it's just every year you just fail to just get back to be an America's team. Like, it's, it's not the 90s anymore. Cowboys are kind of just, they don't really intimidate anyone.
0: I don't think anybody is scared of them in the playoffs. I think they have five playoff wins in twenty-eight years. Was the stat I well, saw this morning? That's
1: like. It, it was so important for them to yeah. get at least one playoff win. So yeah,
0: yeah. If you were following the Cowboys on Twitter, you would know this entire loss was Dak's fault. Um, but <laughs> I think that they're in an absolute limbo now, especially with Dak's contract being the size that it is. Part of me wants to like have a perfect hot take and be like, Derek Carr is going to end up at the Cowboys because he's a. It's a good, it's a good classic football player, and they're gonna go out and get a good quarterback. Yeah, Jerry, that, Jerry wants that. Yeah, but that giant contract makes it the biggest elephant in the room whenever you talk about Dak, and it makes it impossible to kind of avoid the conversation of what the hell do we do now because he threw two straight interceptions, he sacked on third down, they have the whole fiasco with the punting team and wasting the clock. It just seems like. In NFL franchises in the playoffs, you see who has their details down right and who doesn't fuck up the small things down from coaching to kicking to every aspect of the lineup pretty much. And the Cowboys just didn't look like that team. They had like a million errors in the last bit there.
1: Well, I was going to say you mentioned kicking. I was going to say at least it wasn't Maher's fault this time. You know, no. he, he had the one blocked extra point, which definitely was not going to make it. But you made you made field goals, plural. So, yep. I mean, I don't know if he's on the hot seat, but as for Mike McCarthy, I don't know if I can say the same. I've, I feel like if that last play didn't happen and, and, you know, they just went out trying to go for a, a normal Hail Mary or, you know, you tried to do a rugby play, something something along those lines, there's no attention kind of towards Mike McCarthy. And it is kind of all on Dak a little bit, you know, oh like what what happened? But then you go and do that play. And now everyone's asking, what what's going through your mind? What, what are you doing? And he just, he put himself in a place he really didn't need to be. And now I think there are, maybe not a lot, but there's definitely questions about what's going on with Mike McCarthy. Will he be the Dallas Cowboys head coach next year? And frankly, I, I don't know. I could see it happening either way.
0: Yeah, I have no idea either. It's such a weird organization to follow, too, because of how sporadic and sometimes random their moves seem because it's Jerry at the helm.
1: Jerry seems like it's a fan. He's just a fan of his team, and he, he just quickly overreacts to stuff. And I'm surprised, you know, like nothing's happened yet because it's all it's all quiet on the Jerry front for now, but it won't be for long.
0: Yeah, and it would be remiss not to really get into the 49ers here. I mean, we've been a Brock Purdy podcast from the start. Everybody knows this Purdy started that game looking a tiny bit more like a rookie. And I think that if anything, he just got more comfortable throughout the game. When you have a situation where your best kind of drives of the game are towards the end, I think it's better than it being the opposite way, of course. Right. And he leans on his guys like he leans on Kittle to make plays like that he leans on McCaffrey to get huge yards he leans on Iuke and it's exactly what you want out of him right now
1: yeah he that was a huge game for Brock Purdy and and his development as a quarterback in the NFL and like you said he he just knows how he's got weapons and he's able to use them and he takes what I've noticed kind of from the the difference in offenses with Purdy at quarterback, as opposed to Garoppolo is Purdy's not afraid to kind of force it into a window with McCaffrey there or Kittle there. And because he's not afraid to do that, their offense is a little bit more explosive because you're allowing these guys to go out there and make a play. We saw with Kittle on that huge bobble catch. uh, That was, that was the thing of beauty, the focus, everything. McCaffrey had a couple contested catches. It was just, he trusts his guys, and that's huge for the relationship of a quarterback and their offense, and it's like they really believe in Brock Purdy, man. Every every interview, like Kittle is hyping him up, or McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, whoever. But
0: And I don't think it's just because of plugging him into Kyle Shanahan's offense, because if you're actually watching the games, you see how – where the play is supposed to develop and two to three times a half he'll add a little flare on it which will make the play work really and it's not like he's just plugging in these boring plays and doing the lowest system qb work he's actually having fun with the offense and making it a bit of his own which is why they're doing so well with him at the helm, I think. I think everybody, part of it is him leaning on his guys, and part of it is his guys kind of like melding towards him as well. So they're a super entertaining team to watch. Purdy joins Joe Flacco and Mark Sanchez as the only two rookie quarterbacks to win two playoff starts. How about that group? I think Roethlisberger's in there too. Is he? Okay. And... Yeah, oh he God, would have been. God, definitely. He he, definitely, he he probably would have had more than the, the two playoff wins. Oh, there, yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, yes. So um, the Cowboys lose for the record seventh straight time in the divisional round and have failed to make it to the NFC title game since winning their fifth Super Bowl title in 1995.
1: That's such a funny stat.
0: It's a hilarious stat and just a bit of a bad taste in your mouth if you're a Cowboys fan. But if you're a 49ers fan, you got – kind of the the stars in your eyes right now i think that it's anybody's game right now in these last final four teams which is the most fun part about this i think everyone can see any team winning this super bowl which you really can't always say especially in the past you know four or five years so i think it's going to be exciting and we got our afc and nfc championship talk up next all right welcome back to our AFC and NFC Championship preview. We've been dancing around it all episode, but it's time to kind of get into the nitty gritty. We'll start with the AFC with a rematch of last year. Chiefs and Bengals, except this time in Cincinnati. Death, taxes, the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game. And after all the neutral site talk, none of it matters. Just two of the best teams in the AFC going at it.
1: Yeah, it's a rematch of last year. It's just. Could be the future uh, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady kind of action in the AFC that we got pretty much our entire childhood. Uh, People
0: are asking.
1: Just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it's, it's fact, but it's, it's a possibility. But yes, this game, it's... I mean, I, I kind of thought the way Cincy was, was trending, they would kind of find a way to get here. And I mean, it's no surprise that Kansas City's here. Maybe the only surprise is Mahomes has that ankle. And they're able to win that game. So, obviously, going into this game, that ankle is number one on all talk shows, number one on all headlines in the newspapers. But I, he's playing, right?
0: Yep, big time. Yeah,
1: like there's no question about it. They have him listed as questionable, I think, just, just for safety, precautionary reasons. But I don't see how Mahomes doesn't play. He'll be doped up off a bunch of Toradol, taped up, and – We'll see, but we'll see how limited his mobility is. We've mentioned it earlier. He's probably going to have to be more of a pocket passer this game.
0: Big time. I think that's the one storyline is how Mahomes does as a pocket passer and how he kind of shifts his game around not being able to be as as laterally moving and having those quick pitches off when he drags people towards him. And the other storyline is everyone's going to be talking about how Burrow is 3-0 and versus Mahomes and the Chiefs. Cincinnati has won two straight against the Chiefs, including December 4th, which is what gave them the home field advantage. And the Bengals scored 10 straight points to win as two and a half point underdogs in that last matchup. They seem to have the Chiefs number a bit. And the opening spreads a pick with the Chiefs being favored at one. So it seems like even Vegas doesn't really know where this one's headed.
1: That line's moved too. Now it's, to Cincy, now it's Cincy minus one and a half
0: interesting
1: if i saw it too it opened up with the yeah. chiefs as as the favorites and now it's switched i'm, I'm assuming that's due to mahomes's ankle and yeah. they just don't really know how that's gonna affect the chiefs so they kind of erred on the side of caution and made the bengals the slight slight favorites but yeah this is a big legacy game between the mahomes and burrow Future quarterback matchups and the because you know, the conversations are, are going to start happening really soon. People are going to feel like it feels like, it feels like college
0: football almost like two star college football quarterbacks going at it.
1: Well, what, what kind of funny you said that you know, everyone's always whining about how they don't get new colors in college football or in the college football playoff. Well, it's kind of the same thing in the NFL. Like, we're seeing yep. three out of the same four teams we saw last year. The Eagles have won the Super Bowl within the last 10 years. It's just the good teams are gonna be dominant for a certain period of time, and people just yeah. kind of have to put up with it if it's just not how your building favorite rosters team.
0: works. yeah, yeah. and the total's forty seven and a half. Everyone's obviously expecting a bit of a shootout. and gonna be honest, especially after the Bills game, I love this Bengals defense. They were sixth in points against in the regular season, and they were just great at shutting opponents down when they needed to. The big concern with Mahome's ankle is how he's going to be mobile, and if they force him to just sit in the pocket, kind of like Allen did, and make those throws all game, it'll really come down to how Pacheco and McKinning kind of are able to respond to this Bengals defense, because if the, if the Chiefs can run the ball, it turns into a bit of a different game.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs have been running the ball, as we've mentioned before, but I think we are going to get a heavy dose of Pacheco and McKinnon. Whether it's going to be Pacheco coming in for the more run-heavy attack and McKinnon being there for the the dump offs so or the checkdown screen plays, because he's more dynamic in the receiving game. It's it's going to be a fun game. I'm I'm really excited for this. I really don't have like a lean either way. I don't feel uh, different. I think you know the Mahomes thing is something that you're just going to have to keep an eye on. I know we keep mentioning it, but it is huge. But I'm more uh, more interested to see how how i think it's going to be very methodical the chiefs on offense in this game as opposed to just kind of running gun which we've seen i think there's gonna be more five to eight yard passes rather than right. home run passes you know just kelsey quick out get open mom's quick juju across the middle just little stuff like that, that i think is going to be different in the in the chiefs offense as opposed to you know Mahomes scrambling for 10 seconds and finding someone deep and that, that's not a bad thing for Kansas City because if they're killing clock and keeping Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the list goes on and on, Mixon, Boyd, that's a very dynamic since Cincinnati offense that you really do not want on the field for long periods of time and if they can kind of do the opposite of what like Buffalo did do and be able to control this clock and be methodical and Win Winfield position. That's gonna be a huge, huge battle in this game. I think the Chiefs can do it. Even I with the handicap, too. Mahomes, I think he'll be all right.
0: Yeah, I'm. The more I look at this game, the more I end up siding with the Chiefs. I think everybody goes back to what feels comfortable and what feels regular, which is the Chiefs in this game. It's tough to bet on the other side of Burrow. He's one of those quarterbacks who loves to come back and stick it to people. And this feels like in terms of a motivation spot, something that's kind of perfect for this Bengals team. I hope with all this Eli Apple stuff that they're not getting too high on their own supply and really, you know, thinking that they've done something yet, because all the work is really still out in front of them. You have all the best teams in the NFL left and the next two games are gonna be hell. So I it I think that you side with the team that's been here so often in these experience games almost,
1: yeah, and Cincinnati is i I don't know what's going on, but they may have already thought they've won the Super Bowl because not only is Eli Apple just going crazy on Twitter, they're smoking cigars in the locker room, I mean it's like obviously I know it's they won a big game, don't get me wrong i can, I understand that but Cigars, it reminded
0: me of like in baseball where teams pop the champagne and smoke the cigars after like the wild card win,
1: yeah. But that's over like a like you're playing 170 games, kind of no, thing. it's like definitely different, playing, which is why it seems yeah. so
0: weird in other sports.
1: I, it, it does feel weird, I think that's a good way to put it. I, it just it's kind of like Sirianni like celebrating with his team in the end zone, it just doesn't feel right, it just doesn't sit right with me because I think the yeah. only if you win an AFC championship, I'm good, I got you there, but divisional round. I don't know. But, yes, it does kind of seem like Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are kind of the new darling, and everyone's kind of fallen in in love with them because they're a very very similar team to the Bills. Uh, Like, just kind of always been an underdog, kind of a lower-level team. No one really thought about them. They're just kind of out of the spotlight. And then they get the quarterback. They get a fun wide receiver, good defense, running back, and Now everyone's fallen in love, and I think a lot of people are going to be caught up in the Bengals hype, and who's been there the last five years? The Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Yeah, and I love Andy Reid going into this game, I feel like, in coaching matchups, too. With him and Zach Taylor, you're definitely siding with Reed just based on his resume. Just based what on he, looks, what he too. looks just, like. like. Yeah, yeah I, I was literally him, about yeah. to say what he looks like as a football coach. And I think everyone is just waiting for this week to be over so, when, so that we can watch this game. And the same goes for the NFC Championship. Let's get into it. We got two absolute behemoths here with the 49ers and the Eagles. 49ers haven't lost a game in more than three months. Have won twelve consecutive games since October twenty third lost to the Chiefs since they put in McCaffrey into this lineup. And this is just the matchup of all matchups.
1: Yeah, I think I think these have been the AFC was a bit of a, a toss up. I think these were the two teams that were destined to meet in the NFC championship pretty much all year. I think we kind of knew these were the two best teams.
0: Since October.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. You know, San Fran got off to a little bit of a slow start, but once once they found it, and then the McCaffrey acquisition, you knew that San Fran's going to be there late in the year, and they are. And here we are. It's. I believe the Eagles are two and a half point favorites in this game at home at the link, and boy, it's going to be a test for Brock Purdy at Lincoln. It's. I'm. I'm worried. I'm not hand up. Yeah. I'm worried for our boy. But he's, he has. He's played in big games before, conference championship. You know, it's, I think this last week. the biggest week, of them all. Yes. Yeah. I think last week was a very big learning experience for Brock. And just not everything's going to come easy to you. And you're going to have to work for it. And it in the two 49ers playoff games thus far, like, They've shown they can win two different ways. They can they can dominate you in every in in everything. And then they can win ugly too. Like they'll get it done in the nitty-gritty. Their defense is something that they can just rely on. And I can see this game going anyway. Either way, it's I think I'm quietly more excited for this matchup than the AFC matchup.
0: Me too. And I think that if you can beat the Eagles on the road in a championship game, then the, the Super Bowl must almost feel like a cakewalk in terms of setting and and atmosphere in that sense. Obviously, the Super Bowl is a different animal, but this is really the test, right? If, if there's any questions about Brock Purdy being a rookie and not being able to rise the occasion, we're going to find out early in this game. And that's because these two teams just don't fuck around. It, it's going to be easy to find where the weak chain is. The Eagles were ranked number two in defense in the regular season, number three in offense. 49ers were number one in defense and number five in offense. These are the only two NFL teams ranked in the top five in both categories this season. And I think, like I said, you're going to find the weak chain fast in this game.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to, I think a lot of us know kind of by now what we're getting out of this Brock Purdy-led 49ers team. A lot of defense, a lot of quick throws don't make mistakes, kind of stuff like that. The Eagles have been kind of a wild card all year. But I think when they come out and they play their best game, I do think they are the best team in the NFL. But they don't always play their best game. That's the biggest thing. You know, they're they're in dog fights against the Colts and the Bears and in the regular season. And then they go in there and just dismantle the Giants in the divisional round. So I think if they play the exact same game they did against the Giants, they will win this game. But I also don't know if the San Fran defense will allow them to get those easy throws. And you know what I mean? Like Jalen Hurts is going to probably have to do a lot more with his legs and scrambling in this game, as opposed to what the Giants brought at him.
0: Yeah. And I feel like everything in this game starts at the line on both sides of the ball. Eagles defensive line is incredible. 49ers defensive line is probably even better. And the same goes for the offensive lines, right? It's it's hard to find really any weaknesses in both for each team. So, I feel like game breakers are going to be kind of the difference here. Like if you can't block Nick Bosa, then that quickly becomes a problem and if Hurts his shoulder, like if he catches one of those bad Bosa tackles and his shoulder's all of a sudden like you know how does Sirianni respond? How do you do with a gardner Minshew in that game? Because there's a million ways this, this game can go. And I think that both teams are so good at mitigating all those other factors and getting things down to the details that it's really just going to be who plays the best on Sunday is going to win. Which sounds like a lame take, but no, no, <laughs> you know what no, I mean?
1: It's, it's, the, it's a good take because, I mean... I think the Eagles are only getting these points because it's at home and at home's worth, you know, two and a half points. So yep. I think it's as even as it can get, you know, there's no injuries. I mean, obviously the Garoppolo, Trey Lance up, but that happened a while ago. Like the, they've been playing with pretty much these exact teams for the past, for the second half of the season. Like they're all comfortable with each other. You mentioned, you know, the offensive line for the 49ers, you know, like Trent Williams is blocking for Brock Purdy. So, you know, he's probably not going to be get hit on the blind yeah. side. You know, Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Kelsey for the Eagles. It's it's weird because, I mean, it's going to have to come down to a guy like Miles Sanders and um, and Gainwell, who had a great rushing attack against the Giants. They were both really, – uh, one sec, I got the notes. Gainwell was over 100 yards. Miles Sanders had 90 yards, and uh, that's a recipe to win, and that's a recipe to keep your – we've said it. Keep your offense on the field, kill Clock, and keep, you know, McCaffrey, Kittle, Samuel, Ayuk, all those guys on the sidelines. That's exactly where Philly wants them. But we've seen, like, Miles Sanders hasn't always been successful running the ball this year, which then they have to kind of be reliant on Jalen Ar- Jalen Hurts' arm, which has been it's been good this year. But, you know, last year you saw it, there is it can get a little wild sometimes, but no, overall this year it's been good. So it's another thing, too, where Jalen Hurts also hasn't been in, in a spot this big either.
0: No, it's I mean, true. obviously,
1: national championship back to college, but as a pro, this is a big first for Brock and Jalen.
0: Yeah, how much will Hurts be a factor? How much will he be running? How much are the 49ers going to force him to really be a pocket quarterback? And what, like you said, how much will the Eagles attack the 49ers with, with the running game? That's... Kind of, I think their hugest key to victory here, knowing that the Forty ers allowed more than a hundred rushing yards in five games, including the playoffs. So it it's pretty much like if you get under a uh, hundred hundred rushing yards, they're probably shutting you down for the whole game, and you're not going to win this game. But you're right if if those guys can get going and they each get sixty, eighty yards apiece, this is a different game.
1: Yeah, and you know, Jalen Hurts is going to chip in himself as well. Exactly. So. It's it's going to come down to these quarterbacks most likely. I mean Brock Purdy, he's been very very efficient since he's been playing, not turning the ball over, smart with it. So if that continues, I like San Fran, but I mean if Purdy gets a little wild, but that goes the, it goes the same for both both sides like if you're turning the ball over, you're probably not going to win. So, I don't know. I'm just very excited in this game and I
0: I think it's going to be a go, great Ron. one. Yeah, Let's, we got I,
1: Wait, wait, wait! Let's get into it. What's what's the Super Bowl matchup? What's your Super Bowl matchup?
0: Yep, yep. We got to do it for clicks here. Final goalpost Super Bowl matchup talk.
1: No, no spread. We'll just do straight up. Like, who do you No think spread, straight Super up. Bowl?
0: I think we're seeing another 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. Oh,
1: I, I like that too. I don't know. I'm gonna go Bengals Forty ers and the Eagles are definitely going to win. Now that we're both on the yeah, <laughs> the Eagles, the Eagles. Bulletin everyone, board everyone material. Listening right now, the Eagles are the play. Don't have a lean for you in the AFC Championship game, but the Eagles are are the play now.
0: Yeah, bulletin board material down in Philly for them. But I think that does it for us today. We've gotten through a lot of football. There's a lot of great football to still be watched and soak it all in. These are, you know, this is the second and third last game of the season so get into it this weekend
1: yeah great great game starts to three o'clock and 6 30 the beautiful enjoy the weekend
0: yep enjoy see you patrick see
1: you Send those refunds.